When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to the socially distant sports bar. Ellis and Mike are in their places, and I think ready for action. Yeah, all good. Absolutely. I'm like a coiled spring, like a coiled spring. I am excellent. That's, that's a positive way to start. A little bit of positivity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PMA. That's what Olympic Christie said, didn't it? Positive mental attitude. Was it? Yeah, that was Linford. And enough respect. That was his other thing. I think that, that was his other one. Yeah, that was the one I was. Yeah. And his other saying was, "It was Jin Seng T honest." <laughs> Three famous sayings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> enough uh, respect. I wasn't in charge of tea bags. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor T, speak to Doctor T about it. <laughs> Uh, strong start right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like nothing better mate when I've been working doing a yes. VO2 max session and really working on the you know the, the fast twitch muscle fibres and really going yes. for it yeah you can't fault a nice big big mug of big ginseng mug. tea after that can you big mug of the ginseng have a quick go on the old asthma pump and then a bit of ginseng <laughs> tea that's me <laughs> <laughs> lovely yeah, yeah that, that's actually a drug because I'm allergic to eat. What did your mum and dad do? Oh, they ran a pizza factory in Italy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pizza restaurant. And you get the most out of the bag, I find, by injecting the ginseng tea into your thigh. <laughs> That's what I do. Straight in the thigh. Lovely. But it does make Dunkin' Biscuits a bit of a pain in the ass. <laughs> Just feels like a euphemism straight away. Uh, Al, how was your week? All good? Very, very good. Yeah, well... We are recording this minutes after 
the playoff first leg. So the Swans just beat Brentford. He's beaming in the uh, he is. playoff semi-final first leg at Liberty. I tell you what I feel like. I tweeted this. I feel like I bought Izzy her Christmas present from the mm. Shell Garage on Christmas Eve, <laughs> but somehow she loves it. So <laughs> it was a it was a dodgy dodgy red card. We missed a penalty. Then IU Andre IU scored. A real screamer, and that's it. So Griffin Park on Wednesday night. What do, what would you get? That would be that sort of, I mean, like a bag of kindling or something, is it or what? Yeah, yeah, br- briquettes, <laughs> Lambert and Butler, Dispo- disposable bag- barbecue, a chomp, <laughs> yeah, classic winter bag of kindling, disposable barbecue. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bottle of Evian with sports cap. <laughs> she get to keep the shell points. They're oh, hers yeah. to keep. That's a double present. Yeah, double double gift. Come on. This, is a, this manager's built on a bedrock, mate, I'm telling you. <laughs> are you married yet? You're not, are you not married no. yet? Living in sin no, stuff. No. Living in sin, big time. Well. Is that still a thing? Do we still live, really, live in no. sin? Not 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 I think not in the in a twenty second secular society. <laughs> I'll just check him. Because you, but you're Chapel Welsh upbringing, isn't you? You're sort of West Wales. Chapel oh yeah, Welsh. absolutely. Yeah. I mean in the old days you'd have been Probably have to live in a hut outside the village, but now would you? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, the, oh the, the the deacons would have been um, oh Drusa Blenoriad. So what would that be? The important door. people's doors. Okay. The important people's door. So the important people used to get to come in through a different door. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, like a tradesman's entrance. Yeah, yeah. But well, without, I mean, w- uh, without the sexual overtone. Drusa <laughs> Blenoriad. <laughs> you wouldn't want those in church. <laughs> <laughs> the priest should always come in through the tradesman's entrance, you're telling yeah. me. Right? <laughs> I thought we all hated carry on films. <laughs> yeah, with a sad innuendo. Anyway, <laughs> tradesman's <laughs> entrance, eh? Tradesman's entrance, Charles Hawtrey coming through. <laughs> other, other than that, very, very good. How are uh, you, Mike? I've had a great day, man. I was. Um, so, yeah, I had a heavy, heavy night Friday. I just mentioned it before we came on. With Vic from next door, came over, the old pensioner came over. My friend Matt came over, socially distanced, and uh, we drank a lot. I've got to stop drinking gin like like it's lemonade. It's not it's not good for you. And, Does it uh, make you emotional? I've, I the only piss up I ever had on gin, I I cried in the pub, in the Jolly Tar in Carmarthen. RIP, yeah. no longer there, unfortunately. So I thought, right. Well, Did I'm, you cry I'm during the session? Again. I cried during the session. Oh, yeah. wow. Fuck off. Got very emotional. A wicky. Wow. Well, I just if, it, if I've, it's never happened before or since. It's never happened with Fosters. Never happened. No. <laughs> never happened with watermelon Bacardi Breezer. Never happened with. with I don't think. I don't think Bacardi Breezer has ever been known as Mother's Ruin, though, has it? <laughs> yeah. I don't. Never happened with uh, Turbo Shandy. Or, or Bacardi Breezer is more stuff. of a sort of single Mother's Ruin. <laughs> yeah. If there's nothing, nothing wrong with that, I'm not being judgmental. No. But there was, two, there was something two, about takes two to tango. Maybe, yeah. maybe it was the ambiance of the evening. I don't know, but there was just something about. Well, I drink so a lot of it, but yeah, I've got, a, I've got a because I really enjoy gin. But the, the first two, I'm so excited. Like I mentioned last week, I drink mm. them too quick, and then we drink a lot of gin. We drink a lot of gin. Yeah, my, my neighbour's old, like, and he, he can't remember going home, and he lives next door. <laughs> and I should have woke up. I tell you, I woke up the next day late. Went to the skip because I had to book it. You've got to book in a skip because of COVID. You can't just turn up and dump your mattress off. You've got to book it in. So I went to the skip, came home like midday, and then just went straight back to bed and just told my wife, I've got to go back to bed, love. Sorry. Great dad. 
Got up like, yeah. Can we play? <laughs> they were like that. Dad, you said we can play cricket today. Shh. <laughs> I had to go back to bed till like five o'clock in the afternoon, like a sad case. How'd you manage a mattress hung over? I can't move those at the best of times. Uh, to be honest, mate, mattress just popped into my head. What it was was, a, oh. it, was a, it was a bag of underlay, which we'd used under a paddling pool, which got used twice, like like paddling pools always do. Yeah. Uh, it was a bag of underlay. It was it was a pink pot. Have either of you ever spent any time in New Zealand? No, no, never. All been. of the door staff, in my experience, I I did gigs there a few years ago. Were mm. Maoris, okay. and they're all huge, obviously. Mm. And I was talking to a bloke. I don't know if I've told you this, Bubs. No. And uh, he was he was selling a mattress on eBay, pick up only. And this big Maori guy uh, turned up in like, a tiny little Vauxhall Nova or something, or a Vauxhall Corsa, a tiny little car. The Sun Micro at best. And he went, uh, where's your trailer? And he went, oh, I don't need a trailer, right? And he went, uh, what do you mean? It's, it's a double mattress, you know that, <laughs> said so on the listing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He went, oh, I don't need a trailer, right? So he put the mattress... On the roof of the car, he yeah. said, so where are, your, where are your ropes? He went, I don't need ropes. And he just put his big, meaty forearm out, <laughs> out to the window mate. and held on to it. Oh, yeah. And I it just drove off. I genuinely, oh. mate, and this is not bullshit, right? When oh. I moved into my flat in the bay, I did the same thing. I, I, Bollocks. No, listen, about, but Rob, who draws cocks and balls and everything, was with me yeah. right, to help me out. And I'm, le- I'm lent out the, the driver's side with one hand on the wheel, one hand holding the strap no, on the side of the no. mattress, and Rob's leaning up the other side, holding the other side of the mattress. Bloody over the flyover, hell. by over the flyover down by the pumping oh, station. Shut up, straight up. Do you know what made me think of you, uh, Bubs, the other day? Do tell. I saw a picture on Twitter of a chimp with alopecia. <laughs> oh, that's nice. And um, no, chimps, chimps are ripped. But like, you don't realise because they're covered at in best, hair. A backhanded compliment. <laughs> Yes, it, it reminds me. Chimps are ripped and think, oh, fuck a fell. Oh, cheers, mate. Oh, no, I'll take it all back, El. I didn't realize they were ripped. Alopecia. I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet you that. I'll, you know I'll check with alopecia. That reminds me of you, but it's okay. <laughs> no, He's ripped. No, but these, these chief, wait until you see this picture. Oh, I because can't wait, yeah. They're more jacked than ripped, actually. <laughs> okay, they're that's like good to know, isn't it? Big, buff. They look like big, buff guys. That's good. But you can't tell with all of their hair. So um, I thought, oh, that looks like Bubs when he's playing for Glamorgan Wanderers, and he was all sort of pumped in back in the early two thousands. Seriously, when I yeah, when I when I when I text you this photo of the rimp of the ripped chimp, yeah, you'll be like, very very pleased, Mike. You, I won't be very wait. pleased though. I'll do it now if you want. I don't like. Well, I didn't watch ET with my daughter the other day. Think, oh, do you know what? I just like Alice. He's got the same sort of eyes. You remind me of ET. Yeah. <laughs> This is the sort of extra bonus content our Patreon followers have been waiting for. (laughs) Silence while Ellis sends a text. Check your phone and now tell me that you're not flattered. Oh, God, here we go. Here we go. Is this email or WhatsApp? I've WhatsApped you you a picture on the the group chat for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't they ripped? Yeah, he's jacked. He is jacked. He is jacked. Look at his hands, though, man. I know. Fucking hell, what's he doing? He's wanking in vinegar? What's he? Look at his hands. He's been sucking on that asthma pump like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> Do you know what they've got? They've got a lot of fast twitch muscle fibres. He has. I mean, don't get me wrong, Al. From the sort of wrists to the shoulders, yeah. 
I'm quite flattered. Yes. Yeah. But then it is a hairless chimp. <laughs> yes. So the, the, I mean, the head, the wrinkly hands, and what I assume, I can't see it from the front, is a prolapsed arsehole. But. Is not as flattering. Genetically, we've got an awful lot in common. 99% same DNA. Some, isn't it? Yeah. Is it same really? DNA. Yeah. But then again, you've got that. 70% the same as a cucumber, so. But those. Do I? Yeah. Those forearms, you, all of us, biceps and triceps, good grief. Yeah. I mean, that does look like my arms back in the day. Well, there you go. There you have it. Yeah, but I saw difference. that on Twitter. And I if, thought, if you said to me, I saw, Mike? A, I saw a chimp's arm the other day reminding me of you. That's, That's different. Yeah, well, I saw okay. a chimp with alopecia. Yeah, <laughs> I saw a chimp Sorry. with alopecia and reminded me of you playing for Glamorgan Wanderers. It's not the same thing. Sorry, but now you see the photo, you see what I mean. Yeah, sure. We'll we'll, we'll put it on the uh, we'll put it on the Twitter feed. <laughs> we'll just put it up with no message at all, <laughs> yeah. and we'll do it before the episode goes Mike up. Mike Bubbins, well. Glamorgan Wonders, ninety eight to two thousand and two. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, Al, you are first up this week. What are you bringing to the bar? There are certain clips that you will see a lot on BBC Wales, especially if we're poking fun or gently teasing the English. And I think the ultimate one is John Redwood trying his best to <laughs> sing the uh, Welsh National Anthem at the Welsh Conservative Party Conference in the mid-90s when he was Welsh Secretary and he realised halfway through that he had no idea what the words were. What a, a very, very basic grasp of what the melody was. So he's, he's trying to busk it. He looks like Mr Bean. I mean, it's horrendous. He does look like yeah. Mr Bean. That's a hell of a good Mr Bean joke. doing it, yeah. If you, if you haven't seen it... Oh, we'll stick it up on the playlist. Dig it out, because it's really, really funny. And you think that someone would have warned him beforehand. By the way, we're going to sing the Welsh National Anthem. Yeah. Just say nothing. Close your mouth. Either, either look, say nothing. Look respectful. Yeah, look respectful or approximate, if you can. The other one that seemed to be shown on Scrum 5, and what was Scrum 5's predecessor? Rugby Special Wales. Rugby Special Wales, yeah. Seemed to be shown on Rugby Special Wales and Scrum 5 all the time when I was growing up, was this. It's Will Carling thinking he scored a fantastic try for Harlequins in the Middlesex Sevens at Twickenham. Carling outside. Now Carling is bound to take on Simon Hunter. Carling going... Chased all the way by Hunter, but that Carling pace has taken the there. It's another superb try for the English captain. And he can't get it down. He's held up by Woodhouse. Hunter's there too. And that is quite remarkable. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All, all day long. Oh dear. 
I mean, this was on telly on a weekly basis when I was growing up. I've seen this clip hundreds of times. Because of the hubris of it. Mm. Yeah. Now, as two rugby experts, as we've discussed several times in this podcast, I'm not a rugby expert, you'd think that this would happen more often. But I've never seen it, other than when it happened to Will Carter. I've only seen players sort of tackle over the dead ball line, but not in, in a spectacular fashion like this. He's literally stopped running and can't get to the floor. And then his own team came in to try and tackle the tackle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he also, and I, and and he was the perfect bogeyman really for Welsh rugby fans in the nineties. Oh because yeah. Because when we as play England, it's we're neighbours. Obviously, it's it's you know Holland versus Germany or Portugal versus Spain. It's it's a big country against a small country. It's upstairs, downstairs, mate. Get it right. Yeah, and also it's a, it's an enormous class thing. Yeah. You know, it's a huge class thing um, in, in rugby because I've never met an English rugby... Well, I've never met an English person who cares about rugby unless they've gone to public school, actually. So I live in South London. I've been, having the lived West in Country Cardiff, and the South West is a bit different, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, having lived in, in Cardiff for 10 years, and obviously before that, West Wales, where, you know, the city comes to a standstill for the Six Nations... Walking around where I live in South London, when England are playing Ireland or England playing France, you wouldn't really know, know it was on. Yeah. But it's just it's just the posh people I know who who like the game. And Will Carling, you know, public public school educated, gone to a boarding school, was in the army, and it, and just his bum chin. Yeah. It was every it was everything about him. And the he fact was like that poster he, boy England boy, wasn't he? Yeah. My mum loathed Will Carling, in a way that was out of character. Yeah, because she's like the nicest person I've ever met on my life. Yeah, yeah, well. really, really. She never. I mean, she, strong... she, she'd give Paul Potter a fair shake. That's <laughs> <laughs> weird. <laughs> but you know what? He, he, he comes across so well. This is the th- I mean, and when you when you're a kid, you're watching. I was like 15 when that when that happened, right? So I I remember being a teenager and there was no sort of internet and stuff. But he he was like that. He became the 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 face of English English rugby. Yeah. Then he came out with the, with the old farts bit. Remember talking about the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, hang on a minute, that, that chimes with me. That, that rings a bit of a bell with me. And he can't be all bad. And I remember reading an interview with, I might get this wrong, but I'm sure it was Scott Gibbs when they played in the Lions, the same Lions team. Yeah. And he said his biggest disappointment as a British Lion, Scott Gibbs, yeah. was sharing a room with Will Carlin and found out what a nice bloke he was. Right? Yeah. Because he was Welsh. I'm... Like, Scott Gibbs is Welsh, and he, he thought, this guy's going to be an arsehole. And yeah. really, he's a really funny, really engaging, really don't Yeah, I, I... Chris Corcoran worked with him and said yeah. he was... He went in with that Welsh rugby Valley's chip on his shoulder, and he yeah. was an absolutely lovely bloke and a joy to work with. And I read an yeah. interview with him in The Guardian that was out quite recently, and he was talking about his boarding school upbringing and how much he hated it. And also because he was captain of England at the age of twenty-two, yeah, a lot of people didn't fancy him and and thought no thanks. And when you yeah. think of the players in that team, you know Paul Ackford and Wade oh, Dooley yeah, yeah, and yeah. Mike Teague, they were like, "What well, is this twenty-two-year-old centre? Yeah. No, no bollocks!" And Brian Moore questioned every single thing he said, every Just single in thing. the change room, in the change room, oh, well. every pretty much every sentence of every team talk. Brian Moore, uh. Skipper, <laughs> just because he was like, Bola, I'm not, I'm not having you. There's more to him than meets the eye. But when I go back in time and, and, and I'm watching this age 15, it's still as funny now as it was then. So Will's dad played for Cardiff. 
That's right. really, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and... <laughs> I remember, He's not Debbie Morris, because he hasn't got Welsh blood. <laughs> well, no, he hasn't got any Welsh blood in him at all, but he remembers crying when his mum and dad told him that he wasn't Welsh because he'd supported See? the great Welsh Welsh's teams more more. down the years. Yeah. Uh, and the first the moment of realisation that he wasn't going to be Phil Bennett, etc., etc., just made him burst into Well, there's tears, a couple of I England love. players from that, from that period and, and before that as well. I can't remember which one, one of the Gloucester boys. Oh, no, Dave Duckham, sorry, not Gloucester. Yeah, Dave yeah. Duckham said he, he loved playing for the Barbars in Cardiff mm. because he loved the Arms Park and he loved getting cheered by a Welsh crowd. He thought that was like the sort of spiritual home of rugby. So as an Englishman to come there and get cheered was, was a... Was a was it a lot for him? I've, I've met a few comics who are in their 50s who grew up watching that Welsh team in the 70s who support Wales and rugby. Because yeah. they, yeah. they weren't brought up in a rugby household. So it wasn't like their dad was saying, oh, England are playing at Twickenham, let's take you down. So effectively, glory hunters. Yeah. Who stuck, who, in the same way that you get Welsh people supporting Liverpool and United, who'd stuck with their team. Yeah. So go against their, their nationality when it comes to the Six Nations. Because 40 years ago, we had a good side. Do you know, he's showboating too, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? That's what makes that. If he just put the yes. ball down. Yeah. He's trying to play for time. It's just a, it's a bit of a dick's trick, really, to do. But it depends. He's either trying to get make the conversion easier. That's what I th- mm. Which a lot of sevens players would do. Mm. But just put it down, mate. Put it down, mate. Put it down. Four's better you know? than none. Yeah. Four, four in those days. It was four-point try. Well done, Steph. Uh, Good reference. I'm a retro man. It's fine. I think I scored one of the first five-point tries. I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but I was in... Um, oh, go on. I was playing in Toronto. Right. And, and, the, and the IRB, as it was then, yeah. before it was World Rugby, changed the law, I believe, in the off-season. Okay. Our off-season. Yeah. But we played a game, I'm going to say we played a game that Saturday Okay. in Toronto, and I just got a five-point try, and I was quite chuffed. Brian Dean scoring the first Premier League goal, so he's a pub quiz question forever for it's Sheffield still, United. Still just one goal, though, isn't it? Yeah, still just one five-point try in... In Canadian rugby. There have been many, many five-point tries it, since. It wasn't a good standard. <laughs> no offence to the lads over there. It wasn't brilliant, though. We played a game once. We, I tell you, the, the worst thing about playing rugby in a place that doesn't play rugby, and I'm sure if you play football in a place that doesn't play football, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Is you all sort of get involved and you're all enjoying it and you're all playing as hard as you can. The officiating is fucking yeah, dire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely dire. We, we had a game once. There was a fellow called George. He was crap. This Greek-Canadian fellow, right? We, we played a game once, right? And there's a kickoff, and the ball was... Got batted in, in midair. Their crowd were shouting, knock on ref, knock on ref, right? He, he shouted back, who? <laughs> and they said, number six for them. So he blew the whistle, right? I said, what are you doing? He An said, early six. version of VAR. I said, it was. He said, six knock on. I went, I said, shut up. You didn't see anything. I said, you can't listen to what they're telling you to do. So anyway, long story short, he gave, us, he gave the scrum to them near the halfway line. We then win the scrum against the head, right? Mm. Ball comes back quick. Our number eight picked up, fed to the winger. We scored a try, like a 40-yard try. Nice, right? He brings it back for a crooked feed in the scrum, right? Oh. I said, he said, you got a free kick. I said, we don't want a free kick. We all have the try. He's like, no, it's a free kick. Cro- crooked feed, man. Crooked feed. I said, I know what a crooked feed is, you knob. I said, but it's, it's our, <laughs> the advantage is to us. 
What well, I like about rugby is the respect shown to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, a game for thugs rugby. played by gentlemen. <laughs> 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 respect you, is you, in, though, isn't it? Did you call him sure. sir as well during this tirade? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but... Sour advantage, sir. knob, sir. sir. <laughs> you fucking balance, sir. <laughs> I hate that, anyway. I, I, I think you should respect referees to... Obviously, to, 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 to you going to say to an extent? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> and I will decide what that extent is. <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? You're like the bad boy of rugby. <laughs> Not really. Why can't why can't managers why can't they say what they think about a referee after a game of football? If a referee's had an absolute shocker, why is the only person there right? And they're full time these days. Yeah. Right. He's, he's getting paid a decent salary. He's getting a good wage. He's getting a pension. Getting perks. You can't go out there and say he was shit, mate. He was rubbish. Right, you can blame everybody else: goalkeepers, defenders, attackers, midfielders, everybody, managers. Yeah, yeah. you can't turn around and say that referee was crap. You know I you're going to get fined. Yeah, if they're crap, call them crap, and then they can come and defend themselves. Well, that's sending off today for Swansea. Matt, that was a shocker, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a shocker. Yeah, but he's not going to come out now. The Brentford bloke's not going to come out for the game and say that was a shocking decision. I'd love to be with a referee when he sees the footage back after the game. That's true. Yeah. And realises that he's really dropped a clanger. But do they sit in that room together, like with their assessor and their like a driving instructor kind of vibe? And so what mm. do you think he did wrong there? <laughs> I think, that kind of thing. I think that the famous the famous headbutt from Zidane Matarazzi in the two thousand six World Cup final in the yeah. chest. I mm. think that the referee completely missed it. And this is pre VAR. But some word yes. got to the linesman or to someone and say, you've got to send him off for this because, believe you me, you, you, it, it's so unacceptable that you've missed it. <laughs> you've got to give him a record. So he didn't see it at all? He didn't him? see it at all, from what I understand. Yeah, I'll, I think have you're right, check, yeah. I'll have to check this, yeah. And I think that it's somebody told... It's a great told, butt, mind. Yeah. Also... You, you, you never think to butt someone in the chest, and it's a good move. And it's also... Like, if you're, if you're in... T- no, but... You're not going to hurt yourself. If you're in town, what do you... Someone does a bit of... I'll, I'll, I'd, I'd like I'll, to point out this is not advice. <laughs> no, it's, if, it's if not If any of you get arrested as a result of what Mike is about to say, we are not responsible. It's an observation, right? I'll, I'll put a clip up at some point, which is... It's, it's the top sort of 20 body punch knockouts, right? Oh, I've seen that's that. The same. Yeah, yeah. And so if, you know, when you, see, when you see someone knows what they're doing, you, you get punched in the kidneys... Or in the ribs, you're going down. That's that's you've, you're finished. Yes. Right? Yeah. So for Zidane, good-looking fella as well. Protect his looks. Bang. Headbutt in the chest. Job done. For it to be his last act I in know. football. And what a football! I quite like and that. There's that amazing picture of him walking past the World Cup. Yes, there is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the World Cup is there, ready to be given to the uh, winners. Yeah. And it's in extra time, and he's yeah. had an amazing career. I like that, and that's not that's not all we remember Zidane for, obviously. Well, it's not at all. There, there but, are times you know, when you don't it remember is, it at all. About him. It is something I but, I think of. I mean, I've got tremendously mixed feelings towards him now because of his <laughs> horrendous um, behaviour towards Gareth Bale. Oh, so yeah, I am yeah. firmly on Gareth Bale's side on this, yeah. and I think I now think Zidane is a dick, whereas for years he was one of my favourite players. Mm. Embrace him, mate. When you start thinking people are dicks, honestly, your life just <laughs> is so much better and easier. But if you're going to hit somebody, and don't hit people, right? Hitting's a mugs game. But if you're going to do that in a football game and get sent off for something, make it count. Violence is very rarely the answer to anything. And that, that sticks in my throat to say that. Are you okay? 
It's a bit of a tough week. This, it's is, fun. This, this is the first week of Mike's it's, therapy. <laughs> it's tremendously good fun at the time. But I'm saying long term, it doesn't do any favours, yeah. does it? You know. Which leads me nicely into my clip for yeah. the first round, which is this. Uh, I really like Tony Bellew, the boxer. I've always thought he is just... Uh, he comes across as being very aggressive, but he's an incredibly nice man, incredibly polite guy. And I also like the show uh, SAS Who Dares Wins because I think it's stupid. Um, yeah. So this is Tony Bellew on uh, SAS Who Dares Wins. All those fighting forces out there, the reason why we're the best in the world is because we're fucking disciplined. You lot, when I say fucking fight, you will pummel the fucking shit out of your opponent. Is that understood? Yes, sir. You will give it your everything. Number 11, come out here. Finally, it's former world champion boxer, number 11, Tony. I've got an aggressive side, there's no two ways about it. That's how I've been able to do what I've done in my life, but am I in control of it? I'd like to think I am. I miss punching people in the face, if I'm being totally honest. And I miss the buzz of walking to the ring. All of you, in. There are a few little flashpoints for Tony during his experience on this. And basically being bullied by a shorter man is not sitting well with Tony throughout this experience. And you can tell that he just wants to punch these forces, guys. Yeah. Middleton, followed yeah. by Fox, in that order, and just take well, Middleton, them out. Middleton's got, got one of those faces in there. I know he's a trained killer. Very trained. He does, he's he's done all look, the special forces. He Very does look like Ryland, doesn't he? No, yeah, he's, he's done all. What, what are all of the special? He's like uh, Marines, SBS. He's got a PhD in SAS. <laughs> he looks like Rylan on steroids. He, <laughs> no, uh, he strikes me as a prize. He div. fucking would strike you as well. And he would strike me. And and if you're listening, Ant, Div is a it's a West Whalian <laughs> colloquial term for top bloke. <laughs> but he's um, you know, when, when coronavirus came out and he was like, I'm not, I'm not stopping shaking hands. I'm not oh, shaking I, I yes. watched those videos again. It's today. only going to kill weak people, not people like they me. They are killers. hilarious. Did you see the follow-up one? Am I living my life? Yes. Am I hugging oh. fans at airports? Yes. Am yeah. I travelling? Yes. Am I shaking hands? Yes. Am I treating COVID-19 with respect and washing my hands and keeping my hygiene to a constantly high level? Yes. Yeah. Have I got a small dick? Am I going to let my life yes, be by a disease? made me angry my whole life. Yes. You've made him sound like a 15-year-old girl from the valley. It's so funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> but his apology <laughs> video as well, where he just went, oh, I've been in New Zealand, I didn't realise this oh, thing was quite, God, quite a big apology deal. Video. His agent I had just been in touch. Yeah. in a bubble. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. really sorry. I, I was um, can I please keep my television programme? <laughs> He also, um, after, after the first one, he got a I lot of tweets after the first one. cannot apologise enough. <laughs> my, my, my agent well, my has told agent me, told I, me cannot I cannot apologise enough. <laughs> and then, and then, then, he, then he made a second one. Yes. Um, or a mountainside where he says, and I actually think the human race is doomed if the snowflake generation <laughs> are scared oh, of a disease. <laughs> has there been a more overused phrase or word in the last year? Yeah, and that's snowflake. exclusively used by tits as well. <laughs> yeah, who, who, not just tits. Tits with amazingly thin skin. The fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, that, that, that said, and if you're listening, 
big fan good guy. of the work. Good guy. Good guy. Good guy. Please don't do to me what you did to that bloke in a nightclub in Essex. <laughs> very, very angry about being from, about having left the forces. You can see Bella as well. Ah. Is, I mean, I remember things like the Rockford Files and Stacey and Hutch and yes. Kojak and Columbo. Yes. And the professionals, right? Proper television programme. Yes. I don't want to see fucking Anthea Turner bitch slapping a boxer with John, with John Fashionu. What the hell are we doing with our lives? Why are we watching it? Well, there's no winners in that. Anne Middleton is like David Brent crossed with Andy McNabb. Crossed with Rylan. Crossed with Rylan. Andy McNabb, incidentally. Andy. I read Bravo 2-0 by Andy McNabb. Twice. Because of, because of the you sound like Because I read it. It actually gets better the more times you read it. <laughs> I read it because of the Partridge reference. It was in a second-hand bookshop oh, or something. And I thought, I'll, I thought, I'll read that. It'd be really funny because of the Partridge reference. I no. could not put the book down. It's one of the gripping... Books I've ever read. Well, oh he was, he was held captive for ten weeks or something. You don't know that, mate. It's on a pen name. How do you know? Well, that? on his, on his. Well, well I, I might was. I just remembered as well. I was in a fucking Bora Bora caves on my own. He was, he was bullshit. He was, he was in the SAS. He's in the SAS. He's Is held, he though? He's held captive by the Iraqis. What's, what's the number one rule about the SAS? You don't but, tell any fuck you're in the SAS. Yeah, and whenever That's he does, fight club. whenever he does press, <laughs> he's filmed from the top lip down, Mike. You know what that. I know that. What I like about Andy McNabb is on his day off for having been held captive for he's ten a day off for being held captive. Forces. Yeah, yeah. Well, when he when he's released, <laughs> Thursdays when I hold you captive. He, no, Andy, no, 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 good no, behaviour, no. is it? He, he Make sure you're back here Friday morning, nine o'clock. Debriefs the SAS. It's got Chester Open Prison, and then they give him a day off, and he goes shopping with his wife. Him and Mickey Thomas. Him and Mickey Thomas go for a pint. And climb back in on a fucking ladder, do they? Just going to chain myself back to this radiator, boys. <laughs> that was a great nice yeah. hat. Budge up, John, budge up. Pass me that paper. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, still, uh, antiphilous thing. I, good I, guy. I, um, good guy. And, uh, despite the COVID thing, despite the Black Lives Matter thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was the other thing today. He came up with the, the Black Lives Matter stuff, didn't he? Just shut up. Just don't talk. Stop talking. Talk, do you, just what, what are you good at? You're good, you're good at being fit and being hard. Yes. Yeah. So be those two things and, and don't just talk. talk about assassinating people and stress positions because yeah. you know about those two things. They, you're yeah. good at them. You're great at assassinating <laughs> people and stress ones. positions. If I want a pinning on, if I want a pinning on arm to arm com- unarmed combat using bayonets in a cave, right? Yeah. I'll come and talk to you and I'll, yes. I'll listen to you in ten because yeah. you know exactly what you're on about. But Tony Bellew's face says exactly that when Matt Middleton goes from being SAS Who Dares Wins to Turns being Wogan. I know, yeah. Like a shit Russell Harty all of a sudden. You know. <laughs> Have you got issues in your life, Tony? Yeah. You're an angry you man, Tony. Your, I can see Do you want it. to talk about your dad, Tony? No, I don't. No, I don't I'm no. fucking, I'm of course you're an angry man. You're a professional boxer. Yes. I see you've got some aggression in you. I punch people in the face for a living. That's what yeah. I do. I love that. He was brutally honest with that, wasn't he? When it, before that happens, you go. Yeah. Like, I mentioned the other week about I, I don't. I, I miss getting hit. It was a weird thing, right? You know. And he goes like, he just. I, lo- I love smashing people in the face, but he also loves getting punched. Mm. I mean, if you watch that clip when like Anthea Turner's trying to give him like a <laughs> like Hong Kong fool or whatever she's doing, right? Why aren't you hitting me in the fucking body? I've got a head guard on. <laughs> As if he needs a head guard. Which of the three of us would do best on SAS? 
What, standing there while eight wins. people pummeled me and I'm not allowed to hit them back? I'd find I, it hilarious. I would not hit them back. I certainly wouldn't hit them back. I'd I would, yeah. funny, I think. You would hit them back, Mike. I wouldn't. If no? I, if if Ant Middleton has told you not to. If three SAS blokes were there saying, don't hit them back, I wouldn't hit yeah. them back. I'm not okay. stupid. Okay. You know, but if one of them was Tony Bellew, you're going to get hurt. Um, my, my problem with I the couldn't S- do that because I couldn't do the... I wouldn't do the heights. I wouldn't do oh, yeah. all the scary shit. I wouldn't do the abseiling. I wouldn't do all that crap. I, no chance. I'm bad with heights. Yeah. And I'm also bad at being hungry. <laughs> so as and lo- spiders. And I, 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 I have no problem with spiders, but as long, as long as I was fed every 90 minutes, I could be in the SAS. So if you were really hungry, right, and there was a topic... At the top of a cliff. What the chocolate bar? Yeah, just at the edge of a cliff. Yeah, and you yeah. have to you have to get yeah. that to eat. Which um, which would which would kick in first? Oh, the fear of heights or the hunger? I think I think fear of heights. I'm not I'm not great with heights. I would that is it's an Achilles heel of mine. It's Achilles heel of mine. So I've had a few drinks because of the Swans game. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the hunger the hunger issue, stress positions. As long as they were like. Giving me an energy, you know, putting an energy bar in my mouth every hour and a half. I reckon I could. But you know, in, in the old days, people used to, like, 150 years ago, you'd pay your bloody shilling or whatever, and go to bedlam and watch all the people with mental issues, right? Yes. Throwing things at the wall and whatever, right? And that was yeah. like entertainment, and we laughed at it. And now, who's watching this? Who's watches fucking? Sas who wins. Who wants to watch some bloke in a in a in a, in a case getting covered in maggots or or, or eating widgety grubs? I think in. A couple of decades' time, probably before that, we're going to look back on this epoch of yeah. of reality TV and think, what were we doing? Oh, I hope it's so, so cruel. When you watch like Jean Luc Picard in Star Trek: Next Generation, and they where's this the going? Repl- I don't well, know. the replicator. The replicator. That's, that's takes not away. a reality TV show. <laughs> no, no, but the whole point is. In that version of the future, the human race has actually gone past that, hasn't it? They got the replicator. They can. They 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 got no material wants. They can, they can dedicate their lives to the pursuit of happiness and, and education. And they haven't got to watch fucking Bobby Davro in the stocks or some <laughs> prick eating a fucking <laughs> kangaroo dick on national television. I know that Jean Luc Picard is not real life. I'm just saying. <laughs> right, Mike. What is your clip for round number one? Right. Well. I'm just about to finish watching the uh, the cricket of the next couple of days, the West Indies England Test, third Test. Oh, um, Raheem Cornwall, I love him. Oh, he's a, <laughs> an amazing man, right? He took a wicked catch, yeah, two days ago. Yes, he did. Yeah, he's yeah. quite good in the slips, isn't he? He's quick. He's not much of a batsman, but he's a decent bowler, and he's he's a he's a good good slip fielder. Anyway, so the clip I've picked, I love this clip, right? This has been doing the rounds a bit recently. I don't really know why, probably because this this Test series is on now, and also because Michael Holding is now this beautifully, got a lovely, that beautiful erudite way of speaking. He's got that lovely voice. He made a really impassioned speech about the Black Lives Matter movement uh, the other week, which was proper tear-jerking stuff. And obviously a very well-read, very well-liked um, uh, man. But this was him in his pomp as a fast bowler against a 45-year-old Brian Clubs. Spinning hard. Well, he's more concerned with patting down the pitch. And in typical closey style, he hasn't rubbed it. <laughs> A really quick one, that. 
and my word Brian Close did well to avoid quite a nasty accident there that was really fired in extremely quickly and only at the last possible minute did he manage to get that head out of the way I can't quite wrap my head around the, how brave Brian Close is as, as, a, as a batsman he was 45 then, right? His career spanned from 1949... So when he first played for England, yeah, he was 18. ...to 1978. Right? Yeah, he... He played for nearly 30 years at the top level. He, um, he made his test debut mm. when the NHS was a year old. <laughs> yeah. And in this clip, the Sex Pistols have got a record deal. He played for the 40s to the 70s. But you think of that that bowling attack the the Windies had then, right? And I, and I, and I will pick if one of us doesn't pick it, then I'll I'll pick the, the um, Fire and Babylon. Oh, that's great! Point, yeah. Oh, amazing! Yeah, yeah. As yeah. the doc, right? But um, I, but I want to put this as a clip because the way he plays and he's he's forty five. He looks old. Like he's got. We've talked about it before. He's got the you know he's got the the, the bald head and he's got the the, the, the with the longer hair. The shirt they wore in those days, which was basically like a white like a shirt you wear under a suit with the sleeves yeah. rolled up no no rib pads no arm pads yeah he's got the, the pair of gloves on and then he's got just his whites and a pair of leg pads uh, and i assume a, a box but no hip pad no no inner thigh pad nothing else no helmet no no visor. helmet and just it, i think his autobiography was called something like uh don't bruise easily or something like that right where he would he would see it as a mark of his as, to assert himself and to assert his team, yeah, and he would open. He'd frequently be an opener. He saw his job as to say, "We're not intimidated by you." Yeah, yeah. Whatever you want to throw at us, we'll take it, right? And he would deliberately block with his torso. There is an incredible photo of him after this test, shirtless in the dressing room, yeah. and there's it. They look like bullet holes. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pop marks because that well that one over just the one over there so there's there's one which looks like it hits him in the chin I think he just got the way in time then the second one nearly hits him in the cheekbone then the third one hits him in the ribs and you're thinking at what point is the umpire going to say hang on a minute that's that's three bounces yeah but I think the third one wasn't as high as it could have been then the fourth one hits him again at which point the umpire says to hold in oi you know that's a warning now we've got to keep it down a little bit. And then the last ball hits him in the nuts. Yeah. I just thought, Jesus. But uh, but they said he would never, his thing was never to rub where it hit him. Yeah. Okay. So hit, if it hit him in the ribs, you would never rub it. If it hit him in the head, he would just get on with it, you know. He, he would never, go, he never took a knee. He never, never rubbed the bruise. I just think, my God, I love you. And then he ended up, he started off in Yorkshire, ended up in Somerset. But both them and Viv Richards both give him a lot of credit and say that, his his love for the game and 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 that sort of uh, that that not backing down and that fearless way he played really yeah. rubbed off on the young Viv Richards and the young Ian both of them. Okay, you know when they were at Somerset. Yeah, um, did a couple of things which I disagree with, like they were like South African tours and Rhodesian tours with private teams, or whatever. Yeah, but if you're talking about a tough man, because I don't think people realise it. If you play any sort of cricket, you know a, a ball hurts you. That West Indies team in the seventies. And, and close to us with that particular pitch in, in that last test of his, of the third day there, he said the, the surface of the pitch was basically exploding. So when the balls were hitting, it was just, 
in his word, the, the ball was exploding off the surface. Yeah. And you had that triple, sometimes four fast bowlers all coming in fresh, all slinging that ball down you 95 miles an hour. So how, how old is he in this clip? He's 45. He's 45. His reactions to move his head out of the way Oof. on yeah. the first one. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I, just I know, to, just yeah. to, to have that. Well, a to have the ability to see the ball that quickly, but b to be able to move that fast. That's, a, that's well. That was amazing. his whole. I suppose he'd had thirty years of doing that, hadn't he? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. I am. Um, yeah, but your reaction, your reaction. And then when he feels it, he would often feel like silly mid on, silly mid off. Yeah, get right in the batsman's no, face and, no, and no, get no, balls no. hit at him from <laughs> six feet away when no, he wasn't no, batting. No. Yeah, great. I'm obsessed with Dennis Lilly. There was a, there were a whole slew of fast bowlers in the seventies who really stepped it up a gear, and this is in a time without headgear. And yeah. Dennis Lilly in particular, it was fucking horrendous and terrifying facing his deliveries. And we've talked a lot about Quantum Leap a lot on this show because of Mike's nine lives. <laughs> if I had to be quantum leapt into a situation, if I had to be at the bottom of a ruck in a Five Nations game, Sam Beckett style. I just wake up. I've <laughs> yeah. got, I don't know. Oh, boy. You know, Bill, Bill Beaumont or, you know, Merv the Swerve or whatever stamping on me. I would prefer that than to be facing uh, oh, a, oh, a, a fast you imagine? from, from Michael, from uh, Dennis Lilly or one of those West or Indian Curly Ambrose or Malcolm Terrifying. Or just, just without a helmet, without a helmet. Say, you jump it back just, into Brian Close's body before that second <laughs> delivery. Oh, it my. just doesn't oh, no, make any sense. The fact they were when doing it, it without when, headgear. When it, when it gets him in the ribs, yes, and he comes out with his bat and just taps down a little bit of uh, like they, like they do. You can see he's thinking, "Fuck oh, it out," right? But he refuses to show it. That that innings is phenomenal, right? But I think he batted for about two and a half hours that test match. Imagine how tired to be at the end. And it was three fast bowlers on rotation. I know, hungry a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think, You'd be I so think drained. Scored, I think he scored about 30. Yeah. Like two and a half hours. <laughs> but he survived, you know. How was your batting, Brian? Terrifying. Really awful. Yeah. Really scary, shit myself. Awful. Awful. Won't we tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any paracetamol? He hit me in the throat. <laughs> In the test, and I'm so annoyed with myself, the test, which is the documentary that we did, it was Steph's first choice. Yeah. Fantastic documentary about the current Australian cricket team that's on mm. Amazon Prime, come out in March. And there's an Australian cricketer, and I can't remember his name, but he's famous throughout the squad for never, ever, ever showing that he's in any pain or discomfort. Mm. And he's in the net and he breaks his arm. It's in episode oh, yes. five or six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he reacts like I would if yeah, yeah. I got a paper cut. And he's 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 broken his arm and he goes, Wait, Ooh. Why cries his eyes out? <laughs> Rolling he's around on the floor screaming. He sobs. It's awful to watch. Yeah, you just he's... admitted you you just admitted you cried drinking gin. Yeah, it's humiliating. <laughs> Absolutely funny. But uh yeah, he, he he gets the um Yeah, he gets his arm broken and he just walks off and he says, Yeah. Well, Brian Close is one of those what I like about him is he doesn't look like a tough guy. He doesn't look no. like Van Damme. He doesn't look, you know, <laughs> what does he? If, if he walked in the... After the 
If he was in Bloodsport, it would be in, it'd be incongruous to say that. No, least. he looks like a he looks like a tobacconist. <laughs> he does. He looks definitely. You can yeah. smell him. Yeah. While yeah, you're yeah, watching yeah. this clip, you can yeah. smell tobacco. You go and buy a packet of old Bruno off. <laughs> But you imagine him in the bar Van afterwards. Van Damme. Just <laughs> look like Van Damme. No, no cricket does look like Van Damme my, in the sense. I 70. want my opening batsman to look like Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> I think he'd do a job. Oh, my God. He looks like just, he works for the Ministry of Agriculture. He had two choices. He just wasn't existed. from a test-playing nation. So <laughs> it was the kickboxing for him. Or is he Belgian? I think, is he Belgian? I think he is. Yeah. Well, there we go. If he's listening, John. And maybe start a Belgian cricket team. I think you'll be the man. You could be the, you could be the Belgian Brian Close. Oh God! I've never seen Brian Close in Universal Soldier. Just a remake of it. No one has ever conflated those two names. No one's ever said the Van Damme is the bright is the Dutch or Belgian Brian Close. They've it never been be mentioned in the same sentence before. You, this, this is we're breaking new ground for the English language. <laughs> oh god! No, but if you saw Brian close in the bar afterwards, and in like a with his brill creamed bit of hair on the side, bit a bit of old spice on, and like a tweed jacket, you wouldn't in a million years think he was like as tough as he is. No. Do you love seeing? I love seeing like old school British uh, people. When he, when, Especially when you see war heroes and that, when you see him in Civvy Street, you just think, my God, he's just a, he's just a little old man. Yeah, yeah. How can he be that brave? Brian Close would look like nothing if you saw him, but you'd have to hit him with a fucking snooker table for the move, I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's dead now, so, you know, I'm not suggesting... Not from a snooker table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got hit with a snooker table. Can I have him to anyone? Can I have to anyone? Can I to anybody? I've been fascinated by Brian Close for a while. Yeah. And the idea that you stand up to intimidate... Ever people. since the Cause commercial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing about Brian Close, which I read today, I'm not sure whether you know about it, was he was a really good footballer as a young man. Yeah, for Leeds United. Yeah. Really? He was, the, he was the first Leeds player to play a youth international for England. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I like a two-sport player yeah, or a three-sport player. Mm. I think there's something about that that well, it harks back to that sort of forties kind of era, doesn't it? Yeah, you don't get any more, but although you, you you do get plenty of sports people who who have to make a choice at quite a young age, and they could have gone either way. Who did Jeff Wilson, the old New Zealand winger? He played won the internationals and T20s for New Zealand at cricket. Richie Collins, rugby and basketball for Wales. Love it. Oh, that doesn't count, mate. Come on. <laughs> if you get on the Welsh basketball team in the 80s, mate, that means you turned up. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I would love a Welsh cup. If you give, if you give them a lift, right, and they were short, you'd also have played rugby. <laughs> Fucking basketball for Wales in the 80s. <laughs> did, did, you not, did you not get picked? <laughs> this feels Just like the rant of yeah. Bust didn't turn up. <laughs> Could have played. I love people to play obscure <clears throat> sports and go bang on about it. I would love a Welsh cup. And at I, anything. I have oh, at anything. And yeah. I well, start playing basketball. Then you're a shoo-in. Considered choosing an obscure sport so many times. 
curling yeah. or whatever and just thinking I've got to get in the Welsh team for the Commonwealth Games for this well, get a Welsh best stop playing bowls or something bowls a lot of bowls one, players though a lot of yeah bowls there's players. quite a lot of Welsh yeah. bowls players who are quite good at that yeah so do you, you you just want to go to the Commonwealth Games I just love a Welsh vest or a Welsh cap or something absolutely it's not going to happen in one of the major sports because I'm too old and shit but I would love <laughs> <laughs> I would love a, sold us. a Welsh sold. cap or some, at something I just can't th- I mean well, think when I go on when I go on fighting Shooting. talk, I think I'm representing my country at the highest level. It needs to be something that involves like no strength, no athleticism. <laughs> yeah, all right. Like, shooting basically is about controlling your breathing. Yeah, and trying not to shake too much. So, you, if you, you could think of anything that I might be able yeah, to, please do get in touch. That is oh. that is that is played at the Commonwealth Games, so I could get a Welsh vest. So do tweet us at Distant Pod. <laughs> So it's my turn on documentaries uh, this week. This is a short one. It's only 25 minutes, something like that. Um, it's called The Opposition. It's one of the ESPN uh, 30 for 30 sort of mini-series that they did called Football Stories. So they did about 10 or 20 of these just going across different uh, aspects of football. This is about, uh, well, essentially about a decisive World Cup qualifier between Chile and the Soviet Union in 73. But the Soviet Union don't turn up for the game um, as, well, as a protest against what Pinochet's done since he took over a couple of months ago uh, in Chile. Wow. I know. This is heavy. really, really heavy and really bleak and uplifting. If that's possible, yeah. I didn't know any of this stuff. I, I knew the game that got that didn't happen. I knew yeah. that. Yeah, and but, I knew that Chile basically scored a goal into an open net. I knew that. Yes, but I didn't know. I didn't know any of the backstory of this. So I was sent this clip. Uh, I'm working on a project at the moment, which is uh, about a Chilean singer called uh, Victor Hara, who was one of the ones who was killed in the stadium. So James Bradfield from the Mannix is making an album about him. And I'm making a documentary with James about that. So James sent me over the clip, which was the one you talked about, the goal. And mm. then I found this documentary. And I'm just kind of... Because I didn't know anything about Pinochet, really. Sort of the details of what he did. Bad bastard, that's what he was. Well, so the, they lock people in the Santiago Stadium when he takes over. It's a military coup. And he ousts uh, Allende, who was sort of democratically elected socialist leader. He'd been there for three years uh, in charge of the country. Well, there's that conversation of, between Nixon and Kissinger, yes. which I'd never heard before. Yeah, amazing. I thought, my God. And then Kissinger wins like the bloody Nobel Peace Prize. Well, yeah, they, they managed to corrupt the economy so much that... Basically, Chile was on the bones of its backside by the time this happened. So they basically made it possible for a coup to happen. There was no Panama. Panama didn't exist until the USA wanted it to exist. 
Panama was part of Colombia. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then the Panama Canal went through Colombia. And then the people in the area said, well, hang on a minute. You know, what, the Colombians went, we want, how come you're getting all the money for this? It was going through our country. Yeah. So the Americans sent down gunships. They sponsored the uh, the Panama rebels who, who hadn't existed to that point. And they declared, a, you know, their own country around the Panama Canal called Panama. Yeah. And immediately gave the canal back to America. The, these two characters in particular, who are the sort of the main part of the film, have played for Chile, sort of, they're very socialist in their own outlook on life. And they're Who's the, the only... with the moustache? Is it Carlos? Uh, it's Carlos Cazelli. I'm probably not saying that correctly, but what a dude. What a charismatic man. Yeah, looked like a great player. As he well. was fantastic. Um, sort of played for Espanyol, sort of in the mid-70s. Sort of after this happens, he sort of moves out and goes to Spain because he... Is oh, shit. So, well, he's so actively against Pinochet. He refused to shake hands with Pinochet during a line, during a team lineup. That is a ballsy move. They tortured his mum the week before or whatever. Yeah. So his mum had believe it. been tortured with cigarette burns. But FIFA don't come out of this documentary. Not that they oh, come out of much in life very well. But so basically what happens is in the Santiago Stadium, they use that as basically a concentration camp. I think that's probably a yeah. fair way of surmising what they do. So they get all the people who are socialist in outlook, all the people from the universities, the protest singers, whatever. If you've got a book about Marx, basically you're being hounded yeah. into the stadium yeah, yeah. by Pinochet's people. And they're tortured there, they're killed. And basically the Soviets say, well, we're not going over for the second leg of this game to play yeah. in that stadium. It seems ridiculous that you're going to make us do this. So FIFA go there. And they just hide the prisoners and tell them to be quiet. You think, like, giving a World Cup to Qatar is bad. And then you see shit like this and think, my God, how, how dodgy is FIFA as yeah, an organisation? Yeah. It's beyond, isn't it? It's absolutely... The, the whole set... I'm, I'm amazed that this isn't more well-known as a story. Um, because I think it's... I, I think any sports... Because people assume sports people don't have a hinterland. They assume they don't have political opinions or they're not yeah. entitled to them they're not entitled to express them yeah. or as if you live in a vacuum yeah yeah whereas you know these two guys are the only ones who are brave enough within that squad to have that political opinion outwardly it doesn't mean the other ones didn't have it sort of inwardly but imagine being in that because the one fella beats himself up basically saying like you know i should have maybe said something i should have yeah but what 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 could he say yeah you know he's lived he's lived that for 40 50 years but what he, he was what could he have done Nothing he could have done. Got to be honest, Steph, not the funniest documentary you've chosen. It's, it's not one for yeah. the last. Riff-wise. No. It's, it's not going to work out for you. Oh, there, was, there were bits in there that, that, uh, that give me a bit of light relief. Um, Americans calling it Chile always winds me up for a kickoff. I once called a wine a Chilean Merlot, and uh, my wife almost hit me with a bottle. She said, don't ever call it that again. Because <laughs> the whole thing's in Spanish. I need the whole, need the whole thing's in Spanish and subtitled. Yeah. But there's one bit there when the subtitle, whoever's doing the subtitles, has translated it into, um, they basically rounded up any Tom, Dick and Harry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I just wondered what, that, I wondered what that was in Spanish. That's not going to come from the original. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to this, you know the Spanish with Tom, Dick and Harry. It'd be good them. to know. <laughs> it's a shame, though, that that team that was clearly a very talented side didn't give a good account to themselves at the tournament because they were under such crazy pressure 
with the situation. Well, they were just saying they did, and they felt no. It's awful to play for your country and feel zero pride in it. You're just saying about the stuff that what you would do to get a Welsh cap or or a Welsh vest. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm sure Steph's the same. I'd give my bloody right arm to have represented Wales, right? And it'll be the proudest moment in your life to do that. Imagine playing for your country in the World Cup and thinking, I don't care about this. I don't give a shit about this team. And not knowing what you're going to go back to as well. Although, you know, Margaret Thatcher liked Pinochet, so we couldn't have been all bad. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he come here for his booper or something when he was dying? Yeah, yeah. He died in in the UK, I think. Did he? He's Googling something. Look at Alice's vacant look. I love his Google face. Yeah. I love when when he's patently Googling something. He's Googling fucking General Pinochet. (laughs) Yeah. Gone to his (laughs) favourites. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> Straight to best quotes <laughs> Straight to bookmarks Alice once bought me a book One Christmas A few years ago <laughs> Right On Adolf Hitler And the Third Reich Yes And on the When he signed it inside He said Try not to smile Reading this on the train <laughs> <laughs> Come on, wash your, wash your man Augusto Pinochet. I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't verify that he did die in the UK. If we tell you about Pinochet, you'll never learn. <laughs> That's the thing. Is this what you used to, is this teacher Mike coming out? If I marked your books, is that to say, is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I didn't mark any books. About Do you not? No. How? How could you get away with that? Just don't do it. It's almost impossible to get sacked as a teacher. It's a civil service, mate, isn't it? I wasn't an incompetent teacher. I just didn't like to do things that I was supposed to do. But I got good results. It's fine. I just didn't didn't do any marking or yeah, you, planning. You ran your own race. Yeah, it was a maverick, mate. It was a maverick. Yeah, yeah. You know, very much so. Robin got Williams you. in Dead Poets Society. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got it. You got it. People throwing yes. shot puts shouting, oh, Captain, my Captain. Slash and, Charlie George, <laughs> Robney Marsh. Uh... An excellent practitioner with a thorough subject knowledge is what I was described as by Ofsted, actually, Stefan. Because I pulled it out of the bag for that one week when Ofsted came. Did you wear the suit? Like, everyone, like, the, like everybody else does. The PE teacher's suit. I had my brown, my brown polyester suit on. Yep. <laughs> I looked the bollocks, absolute bollocks. Having like five lesson plans, really meticulous lesson plans, you know, every day for a week. And just hand them all in on the Monday. So there's all my lesson plans for the week, as usual. You know, yeah, didn't do it again. You don't need to, mate, do you? If you're teaching football, yeah. what do you want to plan a lesson for? Yeah. Rugby lesson, great, let's get on with it. Just vibe it. <laughs> We're doing rucking, okay, that's fine. I'm going to write that down, I know what rucking is. Write down your hand. <laughs> there's my the lesson plan. So, yeah. Just hold your hand up to Ofsted Inspector. Ruck. You're going to maths lessons and, and practice writing the number five out 25 <laughs> times, do you? Just do fucking maths. Well, a football lesson, just do football. Rugby lesson, do rugby. Tennis lesson, do tennis. What do you want, what do you want two-page lesson plan for that for? Not on my watch, mate. Then again, I never got promoted. Practicing. <laughs> <laughs> Writing out the letter, the number five. But that's you just do maths, didn't you? They think they think you you'd lost the plot if you just did a bit on, you know, breaking down. Obviously, you've got to break down maths into into its constituent components. I understand that. Like a maths warm up. Just get right. <laughs> stretching. Could, yeah, oh, if you could just write write down all the numbers for me. Maybe we never did warm up. Couple of divide I, signs. My, my thoughts on warm ups are well known. <laughs> 
You don't need a two times table for 20 minutes first, do you? <laughs> Just get on with it. For God's sake. Cool downs. That's another bloody farce, isn't it? Is it? Warm ups and cool downs. You, you don't think it is? There must be some benefit to a cool down. Who does cool downs? The, like the all, athletes? All footballers and athletes. No, they don't. After a game, when? You, you watch them do it on the pitch after yeah. the game's ended. Well, they might do like half a lap and then go and, and then go and get changed. I agree with you on stretching before. Mm. I think stretching afterwards means you can probably do the next thing better. <laughs> There's no proof in that, mate. That's never been proved. Got a subscription to the Lancet, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> it's never been proved. It might have been in Lancet, but it's never in Flex. <laughs> I, know, I know that for a fact. Right, second round of clips. Mike, you're first up to the plate. Right, this one is a bugbear of mine, and I may piss some people off uh, by mentioning this. But, okay, you know, this is gonna be I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to. It's not in your character. But, um, <laughs> it's not my character, but it, it might happen. Uh, this is a series of uh, CrossFit fails, um, and if you don't know what CrossFit is, then that's something that you should be thankful for. So we'll just watch this, and then I'll uh, dismantle CrossFit. <laughs> Basically, a collection of Burks and idiots uh, doing CrossFit. Okay, I don't know. I don't really know how CrossFit started. Right. Um, but some bright spark thought that getting people who don't really lift weights or don't really do Olympic lifting, getting them to do Olympic weights in a sort of competitive manner with really poor form in a gym and call the gym something like the Dungeon or, you know, or Hades or some other shit name. <laughs> Hades. Oh, they're all the same thing. What's, what's it? The Iron Box. Fuck off. Just call it like Dave Jim, right? You haven't got to give it like a scary name. So, um, yeah, just cross with And they, I love it because they do this in America in like stadiums. Have you, have you ever yeah. seen that, the, the CrossFit game? Yeah. It is. It's like a chiropractor's dream come true. <laughs> There's people there doing snatches and, and clean and jerks and squats with just the worst technique imaginable. And the blokes invariably wear bandanas, and that's all you need to know about. <laughs> People I know that do CrossFit, with a couple of exceptions, Yeah, and I do that as a caveat, because if I see a mate of mine who goes, what are you taking the piss of CrossFit for, pubs? And I'll say, I didn't mean you, I said with a couple of exceptions. Yeah, but you do mean that, don't you? Pe- yeah, I do yeah it's fine, that's fine. Okay. People who do CrossFit, with a couple of exceptions, are, are just balanced, and that's just the way that it is. Because I don't know what they're doing. I don't. I don't know if either bodybuild or, or lift weights or do other stuff. What What is it then? Because it looks to me like Ninja Warriors, but with weightlifting. It's mad weightlifting yeah, so, done under fatigue and quickly. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's all things you shouldn't do. It's like it's like it's like it's like Olympic lifts, but done when you're knackered, right, in the middle of a race. Yeah. So and, and the training for it you've seen here, which typically is people. Using because obviously if you use Olympic weights, then they're all the same or virtually the same size. The discs. Yeah, right? it's usually some ectomorph with 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 no mates. 
using like six 10k plates rather than using three 20k plates to make it look like it's more. But the number of times you see people trap their neck when they're doing the squat, oh, or, God. or they'll do a snatch badly, or they drop a barbell on their shin and snap their leg. And that was out. the worst thing well, I've seen. This, this is the first uh, video in the history of this podcast I haven't been able to watch the whole way through. Oh, watch it. I'll because as soon as he me. broke his leg, yeah. yeah, but a minute 40, and I thought, okay, I I'm think done. I've seen enough. Oh, mate, it gets better than that. Watch the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> Bye. If, if you, we, we say this every week. If you're one of the people who doesn't really watch the clips, watch this clip. Oh, okay, this, this, well, this unless, you're, well unless you're very squeamish, in which case, don't. It's people who can't do chins, people who can't do squats, people who can't do clean. It's the guy who drops the weight on his leg and clearly yeah. is broken he dro- his yeah. leg. Spoiler yeah. alert, he drops it on his shin. And ow, it makes a noise. And his shin basically snaps backwards. Yeah, as it would. And, the, you know. and this bloke's <laughs> falling on their neck. There's people running into the gym wall. There's people trying to do plyometrics onto stacks of weights and, and ended up just ricking their bollocks on them. It's what it is. It's ten minutes of brilliant life-changing injuries. <laughs> But who does CrossFit? The people I know who do it, though, are obsessed with CrossFit. Yes. They oh, yeah, are they obsessed. Are, it's like Scientology. Also, they're usually tough mudders as well, the fucking tool bags. Tough mudders. You know, all that sort of stuff. That's, I've yeah, never yeah. got that. Do you want to do a tough mudder, mate? No. no. What is it? Well, it's a race where we, we, get, we have to go like under cargo nets and jump through streams and get covered in mud and do all the stuff like the army do. Fuck, Really? At Middleton's the there army. shouting at us. Join the army, you burke. Honestly. I don't just... Well, so, so they say you, school, you, right? run, you run I'm, a half marathon and you climb up a cargo net and you have and to go into an ice bucket and get electrocuted. That's what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> up your yeah. bum. And then you've got to roll on in broken glass and get sworn at. And then the glass goes up your bum. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone with a bandana makes you do a clean and jerk. <laughs> Quickly, when you're tired. <laughs> You've never it's done it before. Awful. It's just awful. And that's, I mean, like when you see him, it's like when you when you watch people who can't bench press, bench press, it winds me up. When they're bouncing off their chest and they're up, you know, they're doing like a three-inch rep. Or they're doing squats where they, yeah, you shouldn't go past horizontal, mate. Never go past horizontal. So, mate, your, your knees are bending about five degrees, right? You're going nowhere near horizontal. What are you talking about? Just do it properly. It's supposed to hurt. This is the point, right? It's not supposed to be easy. If you want to make it easy, don't go to the gym, right? That's really easy, right? But if you're going to be in the gym, then train properly. Yeah. Don't do CrossFit with those other idiots. I don't. Well, for a start, they've all got their fucking phones out, which is why we're watching the video. <laughs> yeah, there, there, sh- there yeah. shouldn't there shouldn't be mobile phone footage of you training because you should be fucking training. You shouldn't have a gym. You should have a phone on the gym floor. There's a, there's a move called a clean and press. So basically you clean it to your shoulders, then you press up. And three different people in that video fall backwards with a barber landing on their neck. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. but it, it, At that it, stage, I've got to be honest, empathy kicks in. And I'm feeling <laughs> oh, sorry no for way. them, Mike. No, mate, they deserve everyone. <laughs> I do, I do, I, do you deserve weights on a neck, ever? Yes, yes. Some people do. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm yeah. not... I'm not I, sure they deserve it. I think it. that's quite a biblical punishment, isn't it? Weights <laughs> on the old throat. <laughs> well, but it's not God doing it, mate. You're not, you're not, you're not getting stoned by a Samaritan. <laughs> you're doing it to yourself. I just realised Samaritan was the good guy in that situation. <laughs> Hence, good Samaritan. It makes sense, really. I, I'm never as imp- impatient as I am in the gym, right? Because for me, 
I, I don't want to get too deep about it, but uh, I, I really miss the gym in the, in the middle of all this. The gyms are closed. I know they're opening up in England now, but they're still opening in Wales. Yeah. Um, and I, because I miss it now because I was just getting back into it. And for years, it was a big part of my life. And then I, I just went to see completely. Yeah. I just got back into it. The people who don't train hard in a gym piss me off like you wouldn't believe. And the, and the, and the, worst, the worst thing in modern gyms are people on phones, right? And I've said to people, wait, wait, excuse me, mate, are you using that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've just uh, got three sets left. I said, it's just that you're checking Instagram. I wondered if you were, what the, what the fuck are you doing? Why don't you go and check that over there? Go have a drink of water for the 15th time in 10 minutes and let, and let me <laughs> use the bench because you're not using it. You know, just dickheads on their phone all the time. They'll be sat there and they're not even breaking a sweat. They've always got a massive water bottle, have you noticed? That have like a two litre water bottle. Are you one of those I don't, are you one of those people who doesn't believe in water, Mike? <laughs> no, I believe in going to the water fountain and having a having a mouthful of water if you need to swill it, spit right? it out. Like in the dentist, get back on the weights. If you're doing a fifteen K bench press, mm. you know, for five reps every ten minutes, you don't need to drink two litres of water. You don't need gloves. You don't need a fucking weight belt. You need to get a life and get out of my way. That's the two things you need to do. <laughs> Some of the proper old school iron gyms, and there'll be big signs saying no, no phones on the gym floor. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I what? have seen, I would yes. say, three or four photos of you, yes. either your legs or yes. your torso in a gym environment. You have after I've worked out taken by fans, yeah. This is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> the police insisted on those things. Right? <laughs> no, I've done that a couple of times because I was trying. I was trying to get back in shape. So what I would do is I'd work out. My phone's always on the locker, but then on the on the way out, I would get my phone out of the locker. Okay, take a photograph, get back in my car. Okay, right? I'm not one of these people who's got the the phone on the gym floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because so, I wrote to I wrote to my gym and said, "Listen, can we, this is so annoying. Can you just not have phones on the put a sign up somewhere?" And the similar thing is that we've we've got our own fitness app, and people like to use fitness apps these days and record stuff on. You don't need all that shit, do you? You don't need a fitness app on your phone. Yeah. To put your reps and your sets in and everything. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's what your brain's for. Or a tattoo. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. A tattoo of your training. Yeah, yeah. It's just all your reps. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Running out of skin. I don't mind tattoos if that's your thing. I haven't got any, but I mean, I can understand why people haven't done. I just don't understand why why there's such a big thing these days. And people seem to think it's edgy in some way. I, I went on holiday to Mallorca, which is all oh, right. That was my bad, right? <laughs> I went on holiday to Mallorca when when my boy was little, you know, with my wife. All inclusive. What a fucking mistake it to make her, right? <laughs> I was thinking. I never did all inclusive. I was thinking, oh, this would be nice. Obviously not. Be like James Bond, everything be free, like cocktails and martinis and whatever. Be lovely. It's not that. It's just it's like it's like an explosion in Jeremy Kyle's waiting room, and they're just drinking plastic cups full of cheap gin all day long. Just prams everywhere. <laughs> you go upstairs at night, just just a wall of fucking prams and people with bulldog tattoos. I was the only person in there not tattooed. The only bloke there without a tattoo. So. If you want to have a tattoo, have a tattoo. But, you know. Don't take an Instagram photo of it while you're on a bench. Dickheads with their bloody tribal tattoos drinking plastic cups full of gin while their kids are God knows where. <laughs> and they all wear those three-quarter length bloody... 
Oh, any, oh, right. oh no, yeah. Any grown yes, man yes. in a pair of white leather trainers and three-quarter fucking shorts should be punched. They should have some sense punched into him. Right, don't do it. It's illegal. But I'm just saying, that's what should happen. Any short that goes over your knee isn't shorts. Get them off. Well, don't oh, get them off. God. But, they're, they're, yeah, that's not shorts. I don't want to sound judgmental. <laughs> really? You don't? <laughs> they've always got a lot of tattoos. They've got an earring. Regional they've accents. They've got leather trainers. Regional And they've got three-quarter length shorts on. Yeah, but you don't want to judge. And, they, and, and they've got some. They've got some very strong views about immigration, and the fact their life has turned out so shit is definitely not their fault. <laughs> it's no one's fault anymore. That's what I like about sport. You've got, you, you've got sports. Bloody, you've got a, sports. You've got a, oh, we do like sports. No, do that you've reminds got... me, actually, we like sport. You, sports. Sports. <laughs> I'd, I'd forgotten. God, it was a sports podcast. <laughs> You're responsible for your own actions in sport. It's uh, no one else's fault, right? Dickheads uh, these days want to blame this. It's always somebody uh, else's we fault. We thought it was Mike Bubbins on Wish You Were Here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Belgian Judith Charm. The atmosphere's vile. The beer's <laughs> shit. Cheers. <laughs> oh, God. It's not my fault. Right, Ellis, your clip for round number two. This was inspired by Mark Steele, a brilliant comedian who does shows called In Town on Radio 4 where he goes to um, a town in the UK and uh, writes jokes about what that town is famous for. He, he on mu- the day. Yeah, on the day. He must, be doing, he must be doing Blythe in the North East. So he tweeted Blythe. What does anyone know about Blythe? And I thought, well, there's one thing that all football fans know about Blythe. They're a non-league team. Blythe Spartans, and they got to the fifth round of the FA Cup in 1978. They always say the FA Cup is something special on Tyneside, but Newcastle United weren't even playing on one of the greatest cup nights St James's Park has ever seen. It was February 1978, and Blythe Spartans from the Northern League were playing for a place in the FA Cup quarter-final against Arsenal. Jack Marks will never forget that night, nor the lucky 42,000 fans who stuffed inside the ground. But before we hear Jack's memories, the Blythe players have been reliving a story that took nine rounds and 11 games to reach St James's Park. So there we have it. Their, their dreams dashed eventually um, in quite controversial circumstances by Wrexham. Now, um, I chose Wrexham, beating Arsenal in the FA Cup third round. A few podcasts ago, I'm usually very fond of Wrexham's exploits in the FA Cup, but I really wish they could have lost this fixture because Blythe Spartans, you know, they're a non-league team. They've never, I don't think they've played in the league. It's a great, but uh, great clip this one. It's, I mean, I, I, I really, really love Blythe Spartans. I've never been there, but I've got a real soft spot for this team and the area as well. So it's in the northeast, is it? It's in the northeast. Yeah, yeah. So they, yeah. they. By the time they played the FA Cup, they could have played Newcastle. So in the oh, end, sure. Newcastle lost to Arsenal. So the winners of this round would have played Arsenal. Mm. So it was it obviously ended up being Wrexham. But the game got moved to St James's Park, and forty-two thousand people turned up to watch them, which I, I just love because the whole area, the whole region, yeah, yeah, got yeah. behind the team. It would be the equivalent, I suppose, of if Barry Town were allowed to play in the FA Cup. Getting to yeah. the fifth round and playing, yeah. the, and playing at the Cardiff City Stadium and, you know, filling yeah. it out with a potential tie against Cardiff City. 
<laughs> you know, in the in the court final, because they were in the hat for the court final because it went to a replay. Yeah, yeah. And you just this this clip. How good is that clip with the train in the snow, mate? I love that. But it's bit. not just snow. It's about it's about a foot of snow. <laughs> <laughs> <I> know, <yeah. laughs> it's not you know, it's not a bit of snow. It's unplayable, and they're still yeah. doing it. And it's and it's so seventies. I just I love that bit when he's saying well, you know, win or lose, we've got to be back in work seven o'clock. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of us, every single one of us. Yeah. I love mate that if that was football, I would be the biggest football fan in the world. Because that to me is what it's all about. I, I watched that and thought, I love this. I love this team. Yeah. And they're all local boys as well. All local All local lads, all working class boys, all 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 tying down a real job and then playing like that as well. Yeah, yeah. And that bit and I'm a suck of a get together. So I mean this this must be Fifteen years old now. This clip. Yeah, it's two thousand and three, I think, because it's twenty five years go. since the cup oh, okay. run, which was seventy seven, seventy eight. Yeah, like I could, I'd love to watch that again now when they're all in their bloody, you know, seventies or whatever they are. Just seeing people get together, and it's different when it's when it's a club team like that, from a small town, or like an, or an amateur side, you know, and just to see. Those lads, like in thirty or forty years' time, where what they where they like, what with their lives, yeah, know, yeah, what, yeah, what they do, and and they were they were playing, they were mates, they would have got a, probably a bit of boot money, but they wouldn't have got much money for no. that, a couple of quid, you know. And that pitch, we we talked about pitches before. How bad's that pitch? <laughs> yeah. When they're playing Stoke, <laughs> and they got like oh, these squeegees on, it's appalling, isn't it? It looks like a swamp. <laughs> and, and also, because it's the seventies. The footage of Blythe's equaliser has just been lost. <laughs> you it. Yeah, yeah, record that. <laughs> I like the, um, the the bit where the presenter said, oh, of course, you know, you can get away with tackles like that back then. And the player just goes, no, that was Steve, you dirty <laughs> git. just a dirty bastard. <laughs> you, you, couldn't, you can't now and you couldn't then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. What a run, though. They're still going. Yeah, yeah. So if yeah. you go on Blythe Spartan's Wikipedia page, there's a whole section dedicated to their good cup runs. So 77 to 78 is the one. That's when they got to the fifth round. But they got to the third round. Uh, quite a few times, so the see. I'd imagine in those days, almost like Barry Town used to be with like Swansea and Cardiff, that it was a it was a a chance for local lads to get seen and get scouted. Yeah, and yeah. Go to play for Newcastle. Or yeah, well, I think the striker from Blythe Spartans ended up going to Newcastle because Mark put that tweet up, and I saw the only the only thing I got had, that's to do with Blythe was I was in school with a lad called Mark Blythe, <laughs> and I, and I made. I made a cosh on a, on a on a wood lathe in the technology department. That I used to beat him with, but uh, as as a, as a bit of fun, we were yeah, real yeah, mates. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was good old fashioned consensual. <laughs> he emigrated to New Zealand. He emigrated to New Zealand. He like literally could not get further away from me. Good lad, Mark Blythe. If you if you listen to this, Mark, um, sorry, no hard feelings. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, mate. Can I make? Yeah. Sorry about sorry about the cosh thing. We tied him up once for a laugh in the tech in the tech. Room. You tied him up. Yeah, I tied him up with with zip ties onto a onto a, a chair, like an office chair on wheels, and I wheeled it out of the fire exit. And I beat him with a cosh. <laughs> sounds worse than it was. <laughs> yeah. Not? How how? It sounds exactly as know. it was. Yeah. Just a bit of fun. Just a bit of fun. He was a good lad. Boys would be boys, though, wouldn't they, Mike? Boys <laughs> will be bloody boys if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said to me, "Christ, what sort of school did you go to where you, you, know, you made coshes?" 
Right. Scum. I said, and then I remembered, it's weird how <laughs> things spring back. <laughs> of things spring back in your mind, right? I gen- I'm like, shit you not, this is 100% true, right? Yeah. At the same time I was making coshes on a wood lathe. Yes. There was a lad called, I'm sure his name was Nicholas. But he his, he loved guns, right? Right. So There's always so one, this. isn't there? <laughs> for his A-level. Always, always drawing Gatling guns on their school books. For his a Never mind drawing them, mate. For his A-level technology... He made a machine gun. Right? <laughs> a machine gun. I shit you That's not. A fully, idiot. right? And yet to get a certificate from the Ministry of Defence. Shut up. I shit you. Oh, sh- honest to God, up. Steph. Honest to God. He made a machine, a fully functioning machine gun, right? With a clip and all the bits and bobs in it. It was a beautiful looking thing. And he had to, um, he had to get a certificate from the MOD saying that he'd remove the firing pin so it, it, it couldn't, couldn't be used to. But it was a proper. I really like it. A minus. <laughs> but he designed and made, not not in school, in his spare time, I'd imagine. He was telling me at the time. Um, basically, a double barrel machine gun, which would fire a bullet as the as the as the the chambers reloading on the on the other barrel. So he, he made a he made a machine gun that could fire like twelve hundred rounds a minute. <laughs> This is an eighteen-year-old kid in Barry Boy's comp. Yeah, but he made a machine gun. Honestly, he obviously got an A. He was a brilliant bit of kit. He obviously got an A. Oh. I don't know what happened to him. I I bet you I can guess. Very quiet. <laughs> I've got very a few quiet. Ideas. <laughs> kept him, well, kept himself to himself. He was a nice bloke, Nick, and he was a very very good metal worker. Who would have thought that anyone who made their own <laughs> kosh would not be the most weaponized <laughs> member of that classroom? <laughs> I lost the CDT arms race. <laughs> there are lots of weird lads. There was a kid who played second row in the school team and me. What was his name? He was in the Guinness Book of Records for lying on a bed of nails. <laughs> There's a guy from Barry. I might do this as a clip, but he's got the world record for uh, most push-ups. He did something okay. crazy, like two and a half thousand push-ups. And he That's lives in Australia now. After ten? Mm. Just hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, can't do more than ten press ups. Oh, I could bang up. I could probably still bang up sixty or seventy. I reckon. In one row to failure. Yeah. Oh no, chance. yeah, bullshit. So easy. I'm, I'm fat now. Bullshit. I'm failing around eight. I would say. I could do no. thirty. I couldn't. I've been nominated a few times, but I won't do it on a principle. But I'll, uh, for some reason, well, well, I think one day for no particular cause, I'll just, I'll just do a little video of me doing some press ups. Then if it turns you on. I didn't say it to me. At no point did I, I say oh, it, it to me. me if, you, if you could do I took, I, in I one, took that as red. In one set, <laughs> I'd be very impressed. Although I am doing the big walk of Prostate Cymru. So if you listen to this and you went up, well, you know, Prostate Cymru, donate some money. I know it's yeah. massively hypocritical of me. I, know. Well, I would say hugely. Yeah. 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 But I said, you, I said at the time, I, I have been enthusiastically checking my prostate for a number of years. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 25 wanks for Prostate Cymru. <laughs> <laughs> doing this for charity love I don't want don't to do it love, I've raising... hit the wall I've hit the wall <laughs> Hell of a don't shot. commit love I'm raising money for prostate Cymru I can't go on I would do that on Twitter <laughs> if you want to get that going right my clip for round number two is uh, from two years ago uh, this is well, just after 
Garrett Thomas has crossed the finishing line on the time trial stage, final time trial stage of the Tour de France. Olympic champion, winner of the Tour de France. How? how, how oh, I believed I could, uh, you know, could beat the guys here, but to do it on the biggest stage of all, um, over three weeks, oh, it's insane. Biggest emotion of your life? Uh, yeah. The, <laughs> um, last time I cried was when I got married. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what's happened to me. I've, uh... <laughs> You've just won the Tour de France. This is kind of the antidote to the uh, post-match hockey interviews that you had last week, Mike. I think this yeah. is... I love this. It, it, may, it makes me kind of well up. Um, oh, I love this clip, yeah. I think the... He's not actually doing... Well, he has been doing the thing which all sports people talk about for three weeks, where it's it's not about the end goal, it's about the process. Yeah. And he's managed to convince himself of that, which is... Mm. Shows such great strength of you know mental fortitude to be able to do that to yourself. Well, that race is unbelievably hard work. I mean, anyway, isn't it? But to be that far ahead as well, and to know that you've probably won the Tour de France, you know, barring falling off, which you know people do, and barring massive accidents, which do happen, but to not even let yourself think about when you've been wearing the yellow jersey for like two weeks. You're not yeah. going to let yourself think about it at all. And then this moment, it just comes flooding into his head of what he's done. And that he used to watch the tour as a kid, and now he's won it. Well, it's huge, isn't it? It, it, it? And it doesn't matter what your sport is. If you've dedicated a lifetime to it, it must be incredible when you achieve that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but at, at the same point, I don't know whether some of that emotion, I've, Christ, I've, I've, I've never set myself a goal of that and achieved it, so I wouldn't know what it felt like, but... Part of it must be, what do I do now? This is this is this is as good as it gets. But also, he was in the main D flyers when he was twelve or whatever it was. Yeah, but he's been cycling competitively since he was a little kid. Hmm. And if you cycle competitively when you're small, the goal is not that you know it's so unlikely you'll achieve it, but the goal is to win the tour. Yeah. And he's done it. Well, especially for yeah. a British rider, that was unheard of. And, I, and, yeah. I, and was... I, I am. Well, we've we've touched upon it already tonight. You, but... you are this podcast's most recognisable Garrett Thomas in person. <laughs> but but also, I, I am, as I think the three of us are, an immensely patriotic sports fan. So if if a Welsh mm. person is good at a sport, I will follow them, even if I don't particularly like the sport. And I I cycle a lot, but I wouldn't say that I really follow cycling. But Geraint, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah, I just I love him, and he's such a good ambassador for 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 Wales and for his sport and for cycling. He's got a really nice dry sense of humour as well. Yeah, he's very... yeah, he's funny. Exactly. Yeah, he, is. he he's recognisable. He reminds me of people I know and of people mm. from Cardiff I've met. Yeah, but it's such an achievement, and cycling's huge in Europe as well. I don't think we oh, realise in the UK actually just how big a deal it is in France and Spain and Italy. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's one of the he's one and of unless, our most recognizable sports people. I was so proud of him when he won. 
I think Channel 4 did that documentary years ago when they sort of followed the, a team around on the tour. And it's the first time that people in this country, like you said, there's no real particular history. I remember the milk race as a kid and all the sort of things that went on, but you didn't really understand the ins and outs of cycling. And seeing a Tour de France team and how gruelling it was, Christ, I mean, it must be the most gruelling sports event in the world. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't so there's, 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 there's so much emotion at the end of that race. There must be. So you've achieved a lifetime goal. You, you might never achieve it again. But you're also thoroughly, thoroughly fatigued and exhausted. And then it just... It just hits him. There's a yeah, moment where he just goes, I, 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 I don't know what's happening to me. It's just such a great... And the interviewer is amazing. He's rubbing, tap well, he gives him a little tap on the back and just Love a little rub it. on the shoulder. That's so just, nice. Yeah, that's a real sort of beautiful moment. It's a team sport and it's an individual event at the same time. And, you know, he was playing second fiddle for a long time, Geraint. Hmm. Again, oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's coming back to the Gareth Bale thing. It really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> so he was playing second fiddle to, you know, Chris Froome and... Um, and Bradley Wiggins as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I, he, he's my guy, Geraint. I mean, I've never met him, but I, I'm a Geraint fan. Yeah. So, to, so to see him have his moment in his thirties as well. I mean, he's in his, you know, I think he was in his early thirties when he won the tour. And it's just you just didn't. He, you always thought he was going to be the bridesmaid and never the bride. And it was yeah. just, it was just a fantastic moment. Like nice guys doing well that stuff. I know it sounds quite a bland statement, but when people who are actually quite nice, or they, they look like they're quite nice, I don't think you have to know him to kind of look at... He's got that nice people. little glint in his eye, that little twinkle in his eye, isn't he? Yeah. So we, I, th- I think... Yeah. Yeah, like we said, he's got he's got a... To be that sort of a sportsman, to be you've got to be not an introvert, but you've certainly got to be very focused and very uh, selfish in as much as your sport is concerned anyway. But I think he's got a real little sense of humour there as well, which is nice. What I've, I've seen in interviews and that comes across really well. How they don't hit people in the crowd, I don't know. When they're all around the bike and you're trying to go up a hill, which is like a one in six hill. I can't imagine. Even just riding up a hill, I don't know, in Penarth or somewhere like that, just trying to go up a hill with no one anywhere near me, I'll mm. wave all over the road and I'll be about to fall off every single yeah. time. Yeah. But you've got some... Dick with a flag, <laughs> and also oh, no, no, no. Also, no. you know the Tour of France has been going for more than a century. You think by now, the dicks with flags problem would have been sorted? I don't understand streakers. I've never in any sport. I don't get it. No. I don't get streaking. Although there was a, there was a halcyon. Like I watched a thing. I was going to pick it as a clip. Actually. Erica Rowe. Yeah, exactly. I was going to mention Erica Rowe. She did page three. Yeah, of course she did. Yeah, she yeah. I like a steward not being able to get a streaker. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or a pitch yeah. invader generally. That's quite funny. No, yes. I, I, a pitch, fast pitch, pitch invaders are tossers. It, I, if you're going to invade a pitch, other decency to take your clothes off. Or you should be made to Otherwise, stay on there. You're just a knob, aren't you? I had a mate who always used to think that if you invade the cricket and you jump over, you, you've then got a field for the rest of the game <laughs> yeah. with your nuts out. Or you've got to bat against Michael Holden for the next two hours. 
with nothing on. Imagine up with Brian Imagine getting hit, hit in a naked bollock <laughs> by one of those. Oh, oh your penis. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, just caught the, your helmet between your leg and the ball. Ding. Just a little ding. Oh, oh. dear, oh, dear. Oh, no. Still, four runs. <laughs> <laughs> shoes or not shoes when he's streaking? Oh, shoes, you don't want to step on anything sharp. <laughs> you need a bit of purchase, don't you? Socks. Purchase. I think oh, socks yeah. would be uncouth. Socks up to the knees. And then <laughs> I think I might, naked I think thereafter. Socks should always be pulled up. I'm very strict about that in the sporting situation, as, as we know. If you're going to streak, socks up, pair of shoes on, cock and balls out. <laughs> it used to happen a lot, streaking. It doesn't happen as much anymore. Well, they, they used to show it, didn't they? They don't show it now, so there's, the, you know... Yeah. Not, yeah. It was a chance to get yourself on TV, wasn't it? Back in the days before X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be a streaker my whole life, but I was never oh, supported yeah. as a kid. I love those kids like 18, tell me that they've always wanted this their whole life. Although you're 18, mate. That's all I've ever wanted my yeah. whole life. Ten years ago, years what old. you wanted was stickers. You wanted Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. You wanted to not have wet dreams. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on the first time I was then. In fact, Al, I was wearing my England World Cup pajamas I used to have. They were blue bombs with the, you remember the classic Keegan white top? Yeah, with the red yeah, and blue? the Admiral shirt, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was lovely. But they were my I had pajamas in that time. Mm. Oh dear, Mike! I had a wet dream and jizzed all over them. Yeah, I loved that kit. That was my favourite kit. <laughs> I thought I liked kits. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a bit of a gear change. Uh, we had a mini meeting in the week, by yeah, which I mean it. Mike and Alice had a meeting in the week. And inform me that we are doing one book a week from now on, <laughs> which I agree with as a executive well, the reason decision. was, I mean, as I, as I explained to both of you, and you, you, we all concurred, um, I want to try and keep it quite fresh as well with the books. Yes. And at the moment, I'm, I'm doing a lot of books that I've read a, a long time ago. But oh, I think we're getting to the point as well where we're skipping through the books really, really quickly. Yeah. And we could probably do them a bit more justice than we are. Also, I... I don't want to upset Mike. Oh. I can't imagine Mike reading. <laughs> you think he's been making it reading. up? I've ne- never seen do, it. Do you think he's making it right, up? Do you know what you fucking... Right. <laughs> One day... Let's, I say what we'll do then, shall we, yeah? We'll watch University Challenge and watch me kick your ass all over the shop. Yeah. I regularly get 22 I'm, questions right in that. I'm, quiz, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're That's my average. thick. And I don't, I'm not saying that you don't know stuff. I just think that you glean your information from different sources. Yeah, but I, I read as well. I do not read. Yeah, no, I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying you. I'm not saying you can't read. I'm saying I just can't what? imagine you sitting I'm down not, to read. I'm not saying I can read. I'm saying I do read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the fact that I can read as read. So, so hang on, hang on, hang on. As what's really happened here? Mike's phoned you in the week and said, "Look, I, I, I can't. Hell, I can't read." I've been blagging, I've been blagging it. it for seventeen weeks. <laughs> I've 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 got mates who've been chucking me books. <laughs> if it hasn't got pictures, I'm struggling. Problem is, if it doesn't have pictures, I could be holding the book upside down. I've got absolutely no idea. I'll, I'll, I'll look ridiculous. 
Uh, You're basing the fact that I don't read on the fact you bought me Mein Kampf and I didn't read that. <laughs> I didn't buy you Mein Kampf. I bought you Inside the Third Reich by Albert Speer. Yeah, who well, was the architect. Yeah. I'm not saying that you agreed with him. My memory is that Mein Kampf I bought him. I don't think he reads. <laughs> I no, bought him upwards of nine Nazi books. I bought him loads of stuff. Albert Speer, Goering, <laughs> Goebbels, the works. Nietzsche, Nietzsche, we're all started. <laughs> Spine's not, not bent on a single one of them. Not interested. <laughs> I sometimes question his national socialism. <laughs> Either he is not a national socialist or he can't read. <laughs> and I yeah. would never think that of my friend Mike. <laughs> He's definitely a fascist, so he can't read. I will not have you saying Mike is not a national socialist on this podcast. So which is it, Mike? <laughs> so while Mike goes on a high-intensity reading course for two weeks. Yeah, in Nuremberg. While I go to the fucking eagle's nest to pressure on my reading. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, oh, to John Toshak's autobiography. <laughs> Join me next week from Bubbins' Books from the Bunker. Right. So, Alice, what's your book choice for this week? Okay. Okay. <sighs> My book choice is absolutely fantastic kit on the front cover. Ooh, I will nice, uh, nice text. I got, that, I got that shirt. That's my favourite football kit. I'll text Mike a close-up of the cover. This is Toshak's Way, My Journey Through Football. John Toshak with Dan Sung. He did write an autobiography years ago in the 80s, I think, which I do own, but I haven't actually read that. But Toshak's Way, which came out... Uh, in 2017, I bought with interest because of his incredible record with Swansea. So his career ended prematurely because of injury, and he took the Swans who had to apply for re-election to the Football League um, a few years before, from the fourth to the first division, three promotions in four years. So he went four three two one. Came Ted Rogers, yeah, became sixth in the first division. Uh, having led the first division at Easter, having been top since August, because obviously we beat Leeds United 5 1 on the first day of the season, and Curtis scored that tremendous goal. So I, I wanted to read about that, and also when he was manager of Wales um, quite recently. And Toshak is a very, very divisive figure amongst Welsh football fans. I would say the vast majority of Welsh football fans, certainly the ones I know, had completely run out of patience with him by the end. Uh, Steph, you must have worked as a sports journalist when Tosh was manager. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. He's uh, not trampled by self-doubt. Well, that was the thing I was going to say about this book. You, you know, he's been described as arrogant by players he's worked with, by journalists, by people at clubs he's managed... This is his autobiography, and he still comes across as very confident in that, and he's written it himself. 
you know, ultimately though, I'd love someone to read that for me one day. <laughs> ultimately though, you won uh, La Liga when when he was managing Real Madrid, scoring what was then a record number of goals. You won the Copa del Rey with Real Sociedad. You did brilliantly with Swansea. You won the league in Morocco a few years ago. He won. Um, he's won cups in Turkey, in Azerbaijan. He is a phenomenally successful manager. And interestingly, I I interviewed uh, Carl Robinson, who was one of his favourite players for Wales, and and Carl broke from convention really because I've on the other football podcast I do I've interviewed lots of Welsh players who were playing under him and found his sessions very disappointing Carl on the podcast a couple of weeks ago said oh no we just didn't get it he was on a level above us and we we couldn't we couldn't cope with Tosh yeah and we just didn't get it and no one's ever said that so yeah, I've interviewed a lot of players from that squad, and they were all like, "We just used to play five aside all the time. It was rubbish, and it wasn't as good as it had been." And then when yeah. Gary came yeah. in, you know, it was um, the sports science and stuff, and everything improved. But I, there's not an enormous amount on his time at Wales, but it is very good as well. Obviously, if you're a Liverpool fan, because there's a lot, of, a lot about his partnership with Keegan. So it is an interesting book, but uh, he is. As Steph alluded to, a very, very confident bloke in his own abilities. Did you uh, get the book I sent you, Al? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Just checking. It's, it's, no, it's no good to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so far, what have we gone for? You're, you're a gibbon with alopecia. <laughs> yeah. Who can't read. Chimp. Chimp, sorry. Ch- yeah. Sorry, I don't want to be insulting. A neo-Nazi illiterate chimp with alopecia. But lovely forearms, mate. <laughs> What yeah. a set of biceps. But with some decent delts on him. <laughs> oh, dear me. Uh, right, that is pretty much us for this week. Uh, well, I want to say one thing before we of finish. Of course you do. Of course you do. No, no, no. Just uh, obviously we started the Patreon last night, which is Saturday. Yeah, We're yeah. We're doing this on Sunday. A lot of people signed up already. Very nice. Um, people signed up to the Beer 52 thing last week. Petrified ordering a beer fifty-two. Well, not enough of them. Only about hundred and twenty of the bastards. But um, you know, still. But I just uh, yeah. If you're uh, if you're listening to this, I I'm not sure. I don't I don't want to step on beer fifty-two's toes with this statement, right? They've been very very nice to us, but people are sort of saying, well, I, I already do the beer fifty-two thing. Yeah. We we only get our commission on the on the first one of those. By yeah, the yeah, way. Yeah 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 yeah. So people, I don't know if people know that. Yeah. When you, when, it, when all you're doing after the, after the first week is just drinking eight strong beers and, and enjoying yourself and paying for them. Well, that's, not, that's not a bad thing. Crack on if you want to. But you know, you don't that's have like me to. saying I support my son's football team by getting pissed every Saturday. <laughs> that's not that's not how it works. But you should be having your reading lessons. <laughs> you should have, yeah. But I couldn't read the instructions when it was so. I'm struggling. Is it numbers yeah, as well? If if you're doing if you're doing the Patreon, just thanks for it. I, I don't I don't get too gushing, but uh, thanks very much if you're doing it. And if and if you if you're not doing it, you need to ask yourself some questions. Thank you very much, gentlemen. See you again same time next week. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Steph. Cheers, Al. Good luck to the Swans and good luck to Cardiff City tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>